This is the Wifed Up Now What podcast. I'm Coriel. And I am TK. And y'all, this is about to be more like a pod class, okay? Because we are here to give you marriage management advice for millennial wives. Period. From millennial wives. Uh-huh. And we happen to have a happy husband in the building. Yay! We got Pastor Philip in the building. Pastor Philip, welcome. What's up, ladies? Thank y'all for having me. Yes, we're excited we're to have excited. a happy husband, yeah. a man of God, mm-hmm. one of the realest men of God that I've personally had an opportunity to converse with, which is what I am most excited about. That's yeah. um, Because for people like me yeah. who, you know, I don't really claim to be like a church girl. I'm real, I'm real honest about the fact that I don't know any Bible verses. We talked about talked that, about right? That. We talked about it. Yeah. But I love God, and I do have a relationship. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who love God, have a relationship, but they don't necessarily fit into the boxes, but they have beliefs. And so if that's you, y'all are in for a treat because we're going to have a really, I don't want to say deep. It's not going to be heavy. It's going to be a good conversation. It might be. A little deep and heavy? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's going to be deep and heavy, Pastor Phillip. Let's keep it real. It's going to be real. It okay. Be all of it. Let's keep so it we start the show with some reactions, okay? Yep. So I'm going to play some clips because y'all know these podcasts, right? Be Here podcast. we are on a podcast. Here we are on a podcast <laughs> talking about these podcasts. But there are a lot of just controversial conversations having on podcasts. Mm-hmm. And although the conversations are out there and they might be having, they might be being had in a controversial way, a lot of the content are mm-hmm. actually things that we should be talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's get into this first clip. And I cannot wait to hear what this man of God thinks. Our bodies are still, I told a girl the other day, our bodies don't even tell us to love y'all. It tells us to fuck y'all. Like it does. Like it's, I said this, it's easy to f- three girls back to back, it's hard to f- your girl three times in a row, right behind each other. Like, think about that. Like, if you really, pre- like, think about that, right? Three girls walking in back to back, you up and ready each time. It don't matter. Your girl back, like, trying to hit her three times in a row, your dick gonna tell you, nah, man, we don't want this. It's most cases. Like, our bodies tell us to go and Crazy. So do you believe that a man's body is designed to have sex with a woman but not be committed to one? How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, I'm going to just speak from this perspective. We In our fallen nature, okay, our sinful nature, I would say this brother, there's some credence to what this brother said. Mm-hmm. I think if any man would keep it real, a lot of men would agree with what he's saying, that it's much easier for them to get up for multiple women than it is to constantly get up for one female. But I think because of that is why God has given us instruction in his word on how to properly love one woman. We need those instructions because we naturally battle with this kind of lust and this kind of desire. I think if any man says like, yo, what this brother's saying is nonsense, they will be lying to themselves, yeah. right? So I'm not going to sit up here and try to like sanitize this whole thing because I'm a preacher. The truth is this is what men feel. They don't talk about it, right? So I think because of that, we have to have... Um, an authority outside of ourselves, like God, like wise counsel, to teach us. Although you may have these feelings, although you may agree with these sentiments, there's still a way to love one woman, have sex with one woman, be faithful to one woman. Mm-hmm. But most men feel that way, and that that brother right there, I think he has some some valid points. Ooh, have some valid points. Okay, okay. All right, let's see how you feel. Mm. I know it's tough to hit. No, but this this is why I we see need I to have the, the pill. Like dang. this is why we need to have the conversation I my because man I think it. Me. Well, I don't think that mine only wants me. He better only have me. But I don't think that that is his only desire. And I think I would be a crazy person to expect that. So 
the whole point, I guess, of even bringing up that clip is if these are real human feelings yeah. or, you know, physical feelings, like this is what your body is doing. If you are not subscribed to a higher source, if you do not believe in something bigger than you, how do you abstain from those desires? <laughs> yeah, so I personally think uh, to abstain from so it takes two things, right? It takes personal character. I think if a person has character, they can abstain from those kind of desires. Um, I'm just going to speak from my own personal experience, right? So, I mean, prior to my salvation, prior to coming to know the Lord, I was a wild man, okay? My body count is pretty high. Okay, I'm gonna keep it 100. It might be in the hundreds, to tell you the truth, before I was saved. Z no, hundreds, Z yes, with a, with a plural, okay. right? So I think, I think you know, is if you don't have personal character, if you don't have personal values, it's hard to abstain because I think the natural man has those desires. So I think it's gonna take character to abstain. It's gonna take certain values to abstain. I think the best absence for me has been what God has taught me and how to abstain. But don't, men have those desires. I mean, like, for example, in the Old Testament, you see a lot of kings, a lot of men have multiple wives. Let's keep it real. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, this man was getting it off. For real, for real. It's not till we get into like the New Testament era where there's more constraint on that kind of behavior where now we're called to really love one woman, be monogamous with one woman. But the desire is there for most men. We're fallen creatures. If any man say that desire is not there, they're probably lying to themselves. Mm. So it takes discipline. Okay? Mm. It takes discipline. But those desires are there. If those desires was not there, pornography would not be such a it wouldn't be a multi-billion dollar industry exactly now i'm not saying that's like women are involved in pornography too let's keep it real right but it's mostly men driving that industry that's it would not be a multi-billion dollar industry if those desires was not there hmm. okay it's gonna say he said some words monogamy and the polygamy and all of that i was ready trigger words were you triggered no i wasn't well i mean i just had like six questions back to back i i think people well you brought up a who was it? Solomon, Solomon, who had 700? 700 wives, 300 That's crazy concubines. to have that much sex, first of all. That's a lot of sex for That is dude. a lot. That's a thousand women he That banging. thing probably broke, but yeah. I think that's what people are looking at. Like, okay, well, that's what they did, and God approved of that. Why is that now all of a sudden a thing of monogamy? I think God approved of that for a season. Right. I think God approved that for a season. I think for multiple reasons. I think first in the beginning, just to populate the earth. I think for a while God understood that. Think about in the days of Solomon, men was not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So you're talking about men who are not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. They don't have that inner guidance. So I think God allows certain things for a season. But I think once Christ came, the Holy Spirit was poured out. We have God living on the inside of us. The standard was raised now. Mm. Be faithful to this one woman. I mean, the first marriage was one woman. God allowed polygamy for a season. He outlawed that after Christ came. And now we have to honor what he's given us. Period. Yep. Mm. Okay, speaking of honor. Yep. Perfect segue. Perfect segue into this Come next on. clip. Okay. I don't respect men. Did you have a father that you respected? I didn't disrespect my father. He wasn't around. <laughs> okay, so that's the thing. So stop it there, right? You didn't yep. even have the prime example of what you needed to carry your love for men in your later ages. Your father wasn't there to instill certain traits in you so you will accept a man's love. God's love comes through the father. So since you don't really know how to experience and digest the father's love, that means that you don't really know how to experience and take God's love because that's where the love trickles down from right so do you feel that the disconnect between men and women yeah. could be based on the lack of um fathers absolutely to some degree i think fathers play an intricate role 
in the formation of their children. Mm. Uh, I think to say they don't is to be in denial. I think for this reason, this is why the enemy works overtime to remove fathers from homes, to remove them out of their lives of the sons and daughters. Mm. I think that there is something that a father provides for their children that is absolutely necessary for their mental health, their emotional health, their well-being. And I think in the absence of fathers, there is a certain level of handicap to some degree that a lot of us are raised with. And I think... But this does not say that a person who was not raised with their father cannot be a healthy, functioning human being. Mm. But I think to deny the impact of a father's role in a child would be to deny what God has created. I think a father's role is important. And I do think there are a lot of us in our adult life, both males and females, who struggle with certain insecurities, certain inabilities to accept love, certain inabilities to feel affirmed because a father did not say, I love you, I'm proud of you. Your father did not affirm you. Mm. So I think there is some damage that is passed along to some of us when we have not been properly fathered. That's why I think the conversation around, um, you know, it's like if you mention that ideally mm -hmm. we raise children in two-parent homes, there's always the group in the comments that's like, well, I was raised by a single... You know, there's always that conversation when I think anybody with a brain can say what is mm -hmm. ideal yeah. is the best of both worlds, right? Because I know I be about to send my sons out with some dirty socks. Well, they don't be <laughs> dirty, but they be having a little boss. And my husband is like, no, yeah. you're yeah. not doing that. And I just be like, this is why you need two parents. Yeah. There has to be a balance there. I don't know everything. Everything that I decide to do, everything that I feel is the best is not going to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. So to have a sounding board to say, no, I think it would be better to do this. Yeah. There are so many instances just throughout the day that it's like, no, you definitely need the balance of two people versus, you know, the one. Now, can it be done? Absolutely. Yeah. But if we're talking about being proactive and preparing, then that's obviously I agree. Yeah. I feel like even in these conversations like podcasters, YouTubers, all of that, like we are ignoring the the neglect mm -hmm. in the whole in men from the absent fathers. Like we love talking about a woman with daddy issues, but we ain't talking about the men with the daddy issues because that is the thing. You said a word affirm, which is what most men desire from their women for them to affirm them. It's like, Sometimes it'd it be given, you yeah. want me to be your mom and your dad yeah. because they wasn't there, or you want me to be your dad. And so it's like, if we can fill these gaps in, which is why we're here for black love, or not black, I'm sorry, all love, but... No, we're here for black you love. Know. <laughs> right. The spirit moved you correctly. Listen, let me, let me, let me say this too. I, I think that affirmation piece is important, right? I mean, like, think about this, right? When Jesus, when Jesus, before he started his public ministry, I mean, he's a grown man. He's 30 hmm. years old, right? Before he does anything, before he does any miracles, before he preaches his first public sermon, he's baptized, and then the Father speaks from heaven, this is my beloved son mm. in whom I'm well pleased. So God thought it important to affirm his son before he did anything. Period. If it was important for the Father to affirm the son, then we got to take seriously the fact that affirmation is important. Mm. Okay, I know what it is to be seeking affirmation from men because some of that was lacking growing up. I had a great father. Yeah. Um, I had a great father, but we didn't communicate as much. We didn't talk as much. So yeah. they're hearing things like, I love you, or I'm proud of you. I didn't grow up hearing those things. So now you go seeking that in other men. You go seeking that in mentors and coaches and whatever the case may be. So I think the affirmation of a father, the deposit of a father, like you were saying, Corey, Two parents, I think there's something two parents bring to a table that helps the health of a child mm -hmm. that sometimes is lacking in a single-parent home. Not to say a single parent can't raise a good child, yeah. but I think there is a deposit that is necessary from both parents to help us be as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Love it. So we're moving into the main topic. Let's do it. This is a topic that I think everybody is upset about in these streets. Mm. They do not like the word submission. Curse word. It is literally a curse word to these girls in the streets. So I want to ask you, why do you think submission is a curse word to this current culture? And just the yeah. the thought of surrounding a traditional woman, a woman that's at home, submissive, yeah. all the things. Yeah. I think, I think culture has done submission a bad number, right? I mm. think when women in culture hear submission, they think slave, they think you have no rights, they think you have no voice, you have no value, they think doormat, right? Yeah. But biblically speaking, when I hear submission, I think safety. I think I hear protection. Mm. I hear guidance, right? And I will go so far as to say you really don't need submission when you have agreement right? Submission is only necessary when you don't have agreement. So like we know what the scripture hmm. says, wives submit to your husbands, yeah. but then it tells husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. Hmm. So if a husband is loving his wife the way he's supposed to, right? She, it will be easier for her to submit to him as the head of the home. But think about this, right? There's one steering wheel in a car, one, right? If both people grab that steering wheel, you're both trying to drive, you're going to get into a crash, right? But as long as the car is flowing, there's no need for two hands to be on that steering wheel. So like, watch, my wife never has to submit to me unless we disagree. As long as we're in agreement, we're flowing, right? If we're in agreement about how we're managing our budget, we're flowing. How we're dealing with our kids, we're flowing. Where they're going to go to school. The only time submission is really necessary is when the husband and wife disagree. Mm -hmm. Now, when we have a disagreement, if we go according to the scriptures, the man, the head of the home, he makes a decision, the wife then submits. But that is only necessary when y'all disagree. But you don't need submission as long as you're in agreement. That's why I think agreement is even more powerful mm -hmm. than submission. And I think what's even more important than agreement and submission is choosing the right partner. 100%. Because y'all ladies out there, look at me right here, look right here. The reason y'all don't want to hear about submission is because you've been out here trying to submit to the wrong person. Facts. If you are submitting to someone you cannot trust because you don't know who they're submitting to, then you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble. But exactly. I think we cannot compare submitting to your husband who hopefully will be a better choice than the man that you was just, mm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever y'all call mm -hmm. it these days. Hopefully that choice is a better choice and then you won't have to question who you're submitting to. But I think we are just comparing it to the laundry list of men yeah. who were boys yeah. and yeah. we're like, well, I'm not submitting to anybody. Well, no, you should not be submitting Absolutely. yourself yeah. to those bad choices. Yeah, it goes back to what you said last time about submission. You were saying, I think the question was, will we wake up and cook for our man at 3 a.m.? And it's like, most women with a terrible man will be like, Hell no, of course not. And yeah. this, it's like, well, no, if he's a good man, he's a man of God. He's done something to deserve this. Right. You know, he's been out working or something. You're gonna get this turkey mm -hmm. turkey meal tonight. And so we gotta we gotta continue in this lane of submission because yeah, I happen to to read in the Bible and it says to submit to one another. Yes. Out of reverence for God. So 100%. you know the the men love telling us to submit. Y'all yeah. supposed to be submitting to us too? I think so. I think mm -hmm. I think a couple is wise when you learn to submit in areas where you are the most weakest. Like, so there are areas where my wife is submitted to me, and there's areas where I'm submitted to her. So I'll give you an example, right? When it comes to the spiritual climate of our home, my wife is submitted. When it comes to our finances, I am submitted. My wife is a better steward than I am. She knows how to handle a budget. Side note, a budget don't mean broke. A budget is just having every dollar. You have an assignment. You go to investments, you pay the bills, you take care of the car, you take care of my hair, you get the Manny and Petty. So Definitely. a budget is just telling every dollar where to go. Because my wife is a better steward than I am, I'm submitted to her when it comes to the budget. I'm not going to try to flex on her mm. in that area. You understand mm. what I'm saying? And so I think there needs to be mutual submission. 
And I think you have to be wise about the areas where you're weak, where your spouse might be smarter than you or wiser than you. If they're smarter or wiser than you and you're not so insecure, you could submit as a man to your wife in a particular area, especially if she's a better leader than you in that area. Jeez. It's only prideful men refuse to do that and then you cause unnecessary tension in your home, mm. damage in your home that could be avoided if your pride and your ego wasn't so big. That mm. makes sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure, for sure makes sense. I was going to say, that's the two hands on the steering wheel. Some, you got That was the best example. That, that was it. The show was crashing. over after that. Yes. And so I want to talk about infidelity. Let's talk about it. It is a big topic in these streets as well because I, I don't know. I've been kind of saddened that women are almost expecting men to cheat immediately. Women are literally the whole high value man. He got money. He is of any status. Yeah. Prepared for the side chicks. Prepare for it. And so for the women that are expecting this, do you think that there is any coming back after infidelity and being healthy. And just a side note as yeah. well, this is my non-negotiable. This is her non-negotiable. Her, her marriage deal breaker. I, it's a marriage deal breaker for me. Yeah. It's something me and my husband sat down and talked about from jump because of my perspective, women after infidelity, I don't want the problems. Yeah. I don't want the paranoia. I don't want the insecurity. I don't want you going to Walmart and I... Yeah. Are you I'm lit? in the trunk because yeah. where are we going? I'm definitely in the trunk. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely looking at the maps. And it's like, why why, why do that? And so, I don't know. I want to ask you, do you think that you can actually be healthy after infidelity? So, so first, I want to affirm how you feel, right? I think if that's your non-negotiable, you have every right to feel that way. And you got a biblical right to feel that way. Period. The scripture gives us a complete out for infidelity. And you can walk away from a man or a woman after infidelity and the God is not going to be mad at you for doing that. Hmm. So I think, let me just first affirm how you feel. I think if that's your non-negotiable, I think you have every right. Um, but I do think there is hope after infidelity based on the individuals involved, okay? Hmm. I think if there is sincere remorse and repentance, if there is contrition, um, I think two people can survive infidelity. And I will go so far as to say, not only can they survive, they can actually have a stronger marriage on the backside. Hmm. Now, we got to keep it real. After something like that, we got to think about things that are lost. Trust is lost. Confidence is lost. There's some tangible things and intangible things that are lost. Absolutely. Home could be lost. Family could be lost, whatever the case may be. But I think that those things have to be rebuilt. Consistency over time rebuilds trust, right? And so I think they can be rebuilt. I think a marriage can be rebuilt and even be stronger on the backside. But it's mm. only based on the maturity of the people involved and whether or not they are submitted to do the work to rebuild that marriage. Mm. I know plenty of couples that have survived that and their marriage is stronger on the backside. Mm. But I know couples who have not survived that because yeah. the parties could not go through something like that. So mm. I think it's like, I don't want to say to each his own, it's based on the individuals, yeah. the maturity, the non-negotiables, mm -hmm. and whether or not they're ready to do the work mm. to repair what was lost. So do you do like counseling? Like with, so, I did, so I did counseling for like seven years. First seven years of our, org our organization is 11 years old. So for the first seven years, I did all the counseling. I stopped mm. doing counseling. So I don't do any counseling now because I want to be free when I'm speaking on the pulpit, right? Gotcha. So you know how this go down. It's like, let's say you counsel somebody, all they dirt come out in a session, and then I happen to be preaching about something that so had nothing to do with up. you, and then I'm talking about stuff, and then and then it's like I'm airing out your laundry across the pulpit. You're sitting there listening to me, and you hurt. So because I want to be free from that, I don't counsel anymore. I want to be able to speak on the pulpit, and not feel like I'm airing you somebody's laundry, especially if I if I if I have some like some some harsh feelings towards someone coming out of counseling and something slip out of my mouth in the middle of a message. Like, I don't want to hurt people like that. And I'm going to be real, right? I've done that. 
Right, let's keep it real. I'm yeah. not like, there's no perfect pastor. So I've heard people from the pulpit. So I stopped counseling altogether. We got elders, associate pastors, spiritual care team that do all of that. When I'm speaking, I don't want to be handcuffed to nobody in the audience. So I want to be free. But you've talked to countless couples, I'm of sure. Of course, I've, I've counseled hundreds of so, couples. So on, based on those hundreds, yeah. is infidelity more of a deal breaker on the man's part or the woman's part? Woman, 100%. Woman. I think... I think for the people I've counseled... Meaning the woman will leave or... The woman will leave, mm. yes. I think... No, you know what? Let me reverse the opposite, yeah. right? No, 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 the no, man. no, 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 no. Let me reverse. It's a bigger deal breaker for the man. If your like, woman cheats... Hard, listen, it's hard for a man to accept the fact somebody ran up in your queen. Absolutely. Like, that's tough for a dude to get over with. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody tapped that beside you. Another penis was in there beside you. It's hard for brothers to get over that. I think women are a little bit more gracious. Hmm. They might even... Look, some women put up one, twice, three times, right? Yeah. So, for example, right, I know a sister... We're not going to call her name on the podcast. She's popular in Atlanta, right? She's popular in the city. Um, a little infidelity in her marriage, right? Four. Okay, this dude had four women, I think. Four or five women. I don't know what it was from what I've been told. She said, right, look, if he would have just tapped one chick, listen, he got drunk one night, went to the club, tapped one chick. I could probably get over that. Second time, third time, fourth time. Crazy. Not only are you tapping chicks, but now you got an emotional bomb with some you of these start, chicks. You got girlfriends. You know what I'm saying? You got Definitely. girlfriends. You That's got different. you got whole bulls on the other side. She yeah. Can't get over that. So I think I think men are less gracious. I think women are more gracious. I think it's hard for men to bounce back from that. So this conversation literally comes up on every single episode because me and TK feel different. Yeah. And I have to give a disclaimer and look my husband in my eyes every time I say this because it's not a deal breaker for me, but I have not signed a permission slip either. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that I would be logical yeah. if I believe that for the until I turn 100 years old mm -hmm. that this man is it's just going to be me for the rest of the I don't know that. And I'm okay with saying I just don't know that. But my question or concern is that it always seems like it's non-negotiable on the other side. You know, if a woman steps out, if a woman slip, slips up, I don't know how that would be possible. It's non-negotiable. But I do think it, it comes down to whether or not it's habitual. Yeah. Because yes. if you have a drunk Vegas night, that is something totally yeah. different than exactly. you have a girlfriend that you are dating. And yeah. you know, like, that's just... It's a Let me, can, can I say something about this? Let me say something about this, right? I think it's important for us when people fall when they make those kind of mistakes, you got to look at where the person was in that moment, and you got to look at hmm. the person's character, right? Hmm. So let's let's talk about a man we all know had a fall. Let's talk about King David, right? Hmm. This dude, you know, I don't know King David that well, but go ahead. Um, so, so King David, King David, is a, a young dude. He becomes a warrior, becomes a psalmist. He writes songs, becomes a king. He's the man, right? Got wives doing his thing. One day he's up on the roof of his crib. He see this dope chick down, she's taking a bath, she's butt naked, body's dope. She's married. He sends his people like, yo, bring her to the crib. Bangs her, gets her pregnant, kills her husband, right? Then tries to cover up the whole thing. God sends a prophet to this man, tell him a story, implicates him in the story. He comes out, he confesses, he repents. He writes a psalm about his repentance, Psalm 51, right? Now here's the thing. In the New Testament, Jesus calls himself a son of David. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart. 
So although David commits adultery and kills a dude, God calls him a man after my own heart. This is very important because when people make mistakes, we can't just look at the mistake solely. I believe mm. you got to look at the character of the person mm. and the heart of the person. Where were they when that happened? Were they dealing with depression? Was they pushed to the brink? Was the marriage tough? So I think when a person messes up, I think we are wise to not only look at the incident, but the character and the heart of the person. Was their motive to be malicious or was they just in a place of vulnerability and weakness? Like, a, you understand what I'm saying? And so so David bounced back from that. God calls him a man after my own heart. Now, somebody may not be able to bounce back from that, but what I'm saying is I've counseled enough drama to know that when people make mistakes, you have to look at the character and the motive of the person. I, I just don't believe you throw people away because they make a mistake. Do you mm. think that you could... Look at the character of your wife if she made a mistake. I would have to because I think that my wife has been patient with me and has forgiven me for so much. Yeah. I put my wife through a lot. First five years of our marriage was terrible. We threatened each other with divorce. I was not a good dude. I was very selfish. So I think if my wife made that mistake, obviously I would be devastated. You know, I'm not even sure if I'm sitting here what it would take for me to get over something like that. But I feel like for all that she has forgiven me, I would have to give her another chance. I, I would be... I would be unfair to not give her another chance. Mm. That's that's a level of grace that I don't have. But you know, but you because there's so many steps before you actually, and and this might be an immature response. I haven't lived a lot of life. I'm not even thirty yet. But I gotta say that every week because I feel like maybe that's what's immature about. Like, because I feel like there's so many steps before the penis is inside of a, a vagina. Unless you're smashing prostitutes. Like, there has to be a built of some type of emotional something. Yeah. I know you were saying Vegas Wild Night. So maybe that is different. But then it's like, who were you around? And why were you around some dudes that even let you yeah. move that way as a, in my case, See, I, I, man I, of God? I, I understand what you're saying, especially if, like, a dude develops an emotional attraction for a woman and then bangs. It's okay. Like, I think that's harder to get over. Definitely. But, like, a Vegas you night. you like this lady. You know what I'm saying? Like, a Vegas night, he has some Patron. The marriage was rough before he got there. We was they, arguing they before was you arguing went. before we got there. He feels hurt or she emasculated him before yeah. we got there. And now he's vulnerable. He's drunk. He's feeling that Patron. Somebody sits down next to him at the bar having a conversation. She speaks to him in a way the wife don't talk to him. He feels weak. They go for a walk. They on the beach banging. He gets up with regret the next day. <laughs> now, I'm creating a real hypothetical, that, right? That part, he, right. the lady is saying something that yeah. this wife hasn't said in years. Yeah, that, right. that leads that to more cheating. Definitely. 100%. That part. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think there's two types of infidelity. Mm -hmm. There is infidelity that is preceded by an emotional attraction, a mental attraction. I think that's difficult to get over. Yes. But there is another type of infidelity that is momentary. It is like I was vulnerable, I was weak, I was drunk, I was high, whatever the case may be. I was not in my right mind. My loins trapped my logic, mm. and I messed up that Don't night. try to use that line, fellas. My yo, loins trapped no. my logic. Yes, yes. Yes. This is not the no setup more. for y'all. Yes. 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 Yo, give your boy credit, right? Yo, Philip Don't get him no my lines. Get him no lines, you know Pastor I mean? Philip. Bars, bars. TK got bars. I'm learning this from TK. <laughs> no. TK got bars. Y'all don't do not write that down, please. It yeah, was my you, loins. No, yeah, sir. My get loins out. Trap my logic. Get out of here. That uh, mm -mm. we're trying to have yeah. bars like TK. Yeah, that's funny. But so, that makes sense. What I'm saying? No, it it's makes a, it, it makes a lot of sense. sense. And that's um, such and me, a mature me, answer. But I still think it's a lot of sense. Hold on, but let me say something to you. You think you don't have that grace, but you never know what's in you in that circumstance. That is why my answer is what it is because I don't want to be the fool sitting up here. I didn't say all this stuff and then. Life happens. You never know. <sighs> life happens. So it just you'll be amazed. You'll be turn. amazed at how a circumstance pulls grace out of you. You didn't even oh, know what's there. For sure. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. It's yeah. just. 
Mm. I'm crazy, y'all. I will go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we... I have bail. Oh, sure do, sure do. Get get out quick. So I want to ask this question. Um, I feel like men are complaining about their wives being boring in the bedroom. Ooh, switch it up real quick. Sorry, okay. I just had to throw it out there because mm. they was throwing it back. They were swallowing. They were doing all the things before they got married, and now it's just side Come booty on. and missionary. So I want to ask: Do you think that women? Corey, yeah, I be clutching my pearls every Come week, on. baby. Okay, go ahead. Come go ahead. ahead. I want to ask you seriously: Do you think that women are becoming boring in the bedroom once they get married? And do you think that's some of the reasons why men are cheating? I say yes. I think I think I've seen this is anecdotal data, right? For, I think there's a lot of times couples get married, they be married for a number of years, they start taking each other for granted. Mm-hmm. You take for granted that you sleep next to this person, y'all come home every day, so you stop doing the things you used to do. You got the bonnet on every night, you got it's on the a, you got the big robes, you. you don't wear nothing tight anymore around the yeah. crib. I do still want to walk up and smack that thing at the kitchen sink. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think when you start taking your mate for granted, I think it's easy for sex to get boring, for the marriage to get boring, and whatever the case may be. Now, peep this, right? I think I think what it took to get her, sometimes you got to keep that moving to keep her and vice versa, right? So like when Paul, check this out, when Paul, when the apostle Paul, dude named Paul wrote to a church in Corinth, ancient Corinth, he said something very important to all of them because they were crazy, right? He's like, yo, he said, the wife's body belongs to the husband. The husband's body belongs to the wife. And y'all need to fulfill your marital duties. So mm-hmm. whatever you got to do to keep it spicy, you got to keep it spicy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I got to be praying in tongues to go in the room and have sex with my wife, I'm going to be in trouble. So I think you got to do what's necessary to keep the thing spicy. Now, if you don't believe that, that's on you. I think you got to do what you got to do to keep it spicy. Yeah. I don't think it should get boring. Try a new position. Try something different. Period. Come home with some new lingerie. Mm. But I think you got to do what you... Listen, you got to... look. Paul said, fulfill your marital duties. Whatever that is in context, you got to do that. Yeah. Speaking of marital duties, do you think that it is um, healthy to have an expectation of gender roles in marriage? Gender roles in marriage. You're not going to like my answer. I might. (laughs) So I'm going to say something that sounds, it's going to sound sexist. I'm not a misogynist. You might not like this answer. Not the disclaimer. I got to get a disclaimer, yo. I got to get a disclaimer. All right, listen to me carefully, right? Yo, God created a man. He created an environment and put the man in the environment. He gave the man instructions on how to work the environment. He gave the man everything he needed in that environment. And then he said, it's not good for this dude to be alone. I'm going to make for him a helper. And he creates a woman to help a man. Now, pause. You know what you see right there? Complementary roles. Men and women got equal worth and value, but God gave them complementary roles. And then it's expanded upon in the New Testament. Paul gives different instructions to husbands than he gives to wives. Mm. If you pick up on the nuance, he's trying to say, y'all have equal worth and value, but you have complementary roles that complement one another. And when they function properly, you feel good in your marriage. When they're not functioning, you feel tension in your marriage. So it's like a car, right? Like, okay, some of us know what it is to drive cars that are like, like, it's out of alignment. The car, you ran a pothole, the car's out of alignment, right? You know what this feels mm-hmm. like. You're driving, and it's pulling to the left or pulling to the right. Now, you could keep driving that car if you want to. You're going to wear down your tires. 
mm-hmm. eventually the tires are gonna pop, you're gonna get into an accident. So I feel like when 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 husbands and wives or couples are out of their roles, it's like driving a car that needs an alignment. You're gonna feel the tension. You want me to give you proof? Take a take a wife that tries to constantly emasculate her husband, dominate him, call him out his name, tear him down, crush him down. She's gonna feel tension in that marriage. Go the opposite way. Take a husband that tries to dominate his wife, control her, abuse her, mistreat her. They're gonna feel tension in that marriage. But if he loves his wife like Christ loves the church, if she's submitted, they, if you do all the complimentary things, hmm. you're gonna feel more harmonious marriage instead of the tension. So, yes. You do have different roles. They are complementary. And when you function in them, the marriage is going to function much better. Are you so, saying that they're defined? That's now? what I was going to say. Is there Are there, are there defined roles? Or are you just saying we complement one another? Them? So, so the roles are nuanced. Mm-hmm. I think they have. you have to be in agreement about what they are. But there are some instructions that God gives men and some instructions that God gives women that are different which shows that we have complementary roles. Does that show up in, like, the protector-provider versus nurturer? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. Hey, yo, I know as I'm saying this, I know people are not going to like that. They I already know y'all going right to get now, DMs. Ladies ain't going to like that. I already know there's going to be all kind of DMs off of that, but it's biblical okay. wisdom, y'all. I'm yeah. just telling y'all it's biblical wisdom. You can't deny wisdom. the truth. The question was gender roles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, okay, yeah. I mean, because it's like, that's like saying, okay, the gender roles, who take out the trash? Who gonna right. do the dishes? Right, who right. And see, when you start naming night? things like that, it's then like, it starts making sense because I am not touching the trash. Right. So how can I complain that you also have an expectation of me? I think y'all gotta be in agreement about who does what and what and what your roles are. You gotta be in agreement. Like, let's say you got a wife, she has a green thumb, and the dude don't. If he's cool with her cutting grass, that's on them. Mm. I'm not gonna have my wife cutting grass. I'm mm. gonna take care of that right now. I pay a dude to do that. Somebody gonna take care Somebody of it. Somebody gonna, gonna get take care of the house, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't do laundry. My wife do laundry, okay? You know, so I just think you gotta be in agreement about what the roles are. Mm. And if there's tension there, y'all gotta talk about that. You gotta have communication. Yeah. But the roles gotta be defined by the people involved in the marriage. Gotcha. Mm. So TK we have like, a... You know, like that, TK? You because like, you, you don't feel like there are things in your household that are, like, your things. Outside of cooking? That's the only thing. Well, that's the thing, though. I'm just so saying there's like something you that you feel like you is your thing. You and Nami don't have no defined roles. Oh, he will wash dishes. I'll wash them. Yeah. The, so literally, the only I thing that dishes. he's not doing... Like, I have taken out the trash, so... All the my ladies was surprised. I mean, I'm like, I stay home. I homeschool my kids. I'm not going to wait for you all the time to to get this pal out. So I'll just throw it in. I mean, it's like three times a year, but, yeah. you know. But it gets done. It, it still get done. So I don't know. I, I think I question I God. Lot- like, is it, did God define mm-hmm. a man to be this and the woman that? Because even the conversation of beta males and all of this, like, okay, you, you said that your your wife is good with finances. Well, in some cases, a woman would think that, that should be the man leading our, our the financial whatever highway in our, our relationship. So do you think that there are God defined like, no, there's no non there's no negotiating if who a does man this and who does that? Should a man be that's doing good. something no, specific no, and a woman good. should be doing that's something specific? So I think there are some defined roles in the okay. scriptures that are clear and the rest of it is most of it is nuanced. Let us know. So for example, when God says to a man, God says in his word, the man is the head of the home. That is a clearly defined role. That's Hmm. there in the New Testament. That role is a hard, defined role. So I think there are roles in the scriptures that are hard defined for men. For example, I know you're not going to like this, right? (laughs) God, in his word, in the New Testament, Paul calls women the weaker vessel. Hmm. So tells men not to deal with them so harshly. 
So there are some roles that are clearly defined, but the majority of our daily roles, that's not defined in the Word of God. They're mm -hmm. nuanced. Mm -hmm. We got to define that within the context of our own relationship. So yes, there are some, but most of the ones we have daily, they're nuanced. I think what yeah. the, the, the challenge... Does that make sense No, Absolutely. it 100% makes sense. And I think the disconnect or the challenge is that times have changed, society has changed. Yeah. So yeah. women are no longer... Um, always offered the opportunity or in an environment that allows the opportunity for them to stay, be a homemaker yeah. and manage the home. Yeah. So a lot of times we enter marriages and we still have the expectation of being a homemaker, except yeah. we got to lead a home and go work as well. Yeah. So we mm -hmm. have, now we're serving in both roles. It yes. seems it's like we are, you want the stay at home mom, you know, uh, luxuries, but I still got to pay some of these bills. Okay. And the math ain't math. And there's only so many hours in the day. So I think that is where women struggle sometimes yes. with the gender roles because I just want to do my one role. But now I'm sliding into your role because I thought the man was bringing and home I, the bacon. And just to say, like, that's literally my life right now. Like, I've been a stay-at-home mom now for nine years? Yeah, Have that's good. Yeah, so for nine years. And... I'm now getting away from home more and more and more. I'm getting yeah. booked more. I'm doing more. And so it's like, uh, am I still expected to do what I've been doing when I had all these hours? Yeah. Or Because I do think that we kind of get into marriage saying that a woman is supposed to do this, but if I'm paying half. Yeah. So can I, I think my wife was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. Yeah. During that time, I worked two jobs, sometimes three jobs. The reason I let her do that is because she wanted to be home with our children. She didn't. She wanted to be the primary person with them during the day. That was her personal conviction. Yeah. So I did what I had to do to allow her that. It was difficult, yo. I'm talking about during them years, beans and rice. Kids got holes in their shoes. We were mm. we were poor, right? We was. I mean, we were dirt. We couldn't afford nothing. We didn't go out to eat. No movies. None of that. Those were tough years, right? Those were tough years. I see the fruit now of my children, of my wife being home those 10 years. And that's mm -hmm. not to knock women who has had to put their children in daycare. You got to do what you got to do. But what I'm saying is I, it comes back to communication and agreement, right? Yeah. So my wife and I were in agreement about that for her to stay home. We knew, I said, Lena, if you want to stay home, you're not going to bring anything in. You know that it's going to take us a longer time to hit some of these financial goals. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay? Are you okay with that? She was That's okay real. with that. I allowed her to stay home. Now, if somebody's not okay with that, yeah. you got financial goals, then if y'all in agreement about both of y'all working, then y'all have to do that. Mm -hmm. I think we got to, listen, I think it's very important for people listening to this podcast, watching, to understand when it comes to marriage and the context we're in, we're not monolithic. You got to know what is important based on the people involved, your personal convictions, and how you submit it to the Word of God. You got to tailor your marriage for what's going to be best for you within the context of the wisdom that God has given us. This is not monolithic. One woman works. One woman stays home. Mm. Does it mean one woman is better than the other? No. What is best for your marriage and the context for how you have... It's got to be customizable for the person within the guidelines of God's wisdom. Yes. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Gonna, it's going to be a whole other episode, though, because one of the women stay home, one of the women go to work, but both of those women, a lot of times, are the default parent. Yep. Mm. And that is where I think the... Yep. the struggle kind of comes in because they still have that one responsibility is the same. Yeah, yeah. So. true. They are mm. the default parent. But hopefully you got a man that come home and know that his job is not done when he come home. Uh-oh. He's going to take some time to call him. Look at right here. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Can for, you not for our husbands, yeah, 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 but for yeah, yeah. another yeah, husband so out there. Brothers, I just think if your wife is a stay-at-home mother, 
I think when you come home from working, you got to know that your job is not done. I think you got to know there's a job and a responsibility you have to your children as well as a co-parent. Your job is not done till your children has gone to bed. So when you come home, you got to separate some time, hmm. put aside some time to pour into your kids because they still need a deposit from you the same way they need a deposit from your wife. In that part. Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you for that little special yes. uh, word of wisdom. dude's not going to like that. But they ain't, but they oh, are, yes. I, I almost right. made you say it twice. So yeah. it is game time. Game time. Yes, I got to pass Where it. Where my yes. sign at? A word. So this so is a game. So you're going to be talking to, look, your nieces, your, <laughs> your little sisters, yeah. all of that, who have some scenarios and some situations. And yeah. all I'm going to share them with you, and all you're right. going to tell them to run or right. have fun. Got so so get away. women who want to be wives. Yes. Yeah. Okay, women they're looking women. for committed relationships. So okay. the first one is... This girl really is a vibe in this dude, right? He, But he is still in contact with his ex. He tells her there is nothing to worry about. It's good. I don't want her. But he still talks to her. I say run. <gasps> really, Korea? Yeah, I say... It's still in contact? Yeah. Like, hello, uh, Sarah, They're how you been doing? In... Yeah, I say run. Let yeah. the guest answer. Yeah, nah, I, 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 I say <laughs> run only because I think... That back door is still open. Mm. There's a lot of temptation with that back door. I think if if she wants him to walk away from that back door and he's unwilling to do that, I think that's problematic. Mm. If she's okay with that back door, like, okay, y'all could be friends, then that's different. Yeah. But I think most nine times out of ten, I say run. Yeah. Yeah, I just need more details. You know, what if they, it's an ex from, like, high school or something? I don't care about that. Did they she smash? Went, if y'all had sex, it's a no automatic. But, see, but this is what I'm saying, Corey. If the if if the spouse is cool with it, like yo, y'all friends is cool. She married, we married, it's all good. Then that's but different. Yeah, no, but that's if true. I have a problem and you don't care that I have that's a problem, then yeah. it's if a problem. If you got a problem, you don't care that I have a problem. I say you got a problem. That's no. the issue. Agree. Okay. What about a man who wants to go 50-50 on a first date? Should you run or have fun? You want me to be yeah, my daughters? I say run. What about your son? Oh, you said run too. I said run. For my son, run now. He need to pick up that bill. Okay. And for my daughters, he, she need to pick up that bill. I, I, I want the man to pick up that bill, period, yo. Period. I may be old school. I say pick up the bill, yo. You yeah. said have fun, though. I definitely said have fun. Um, I think there is, especially in this culture, you just have to be really, really careful because it's, it's a culture of I'm going to take you out on a fancy date and I'm absolutely expecting sex after this. So you're not going to pay for me. You're just not. Let me let me go ahead and let you know that this is a because I, I view dating as interviewing. Yeah. This is not this is not what y'all think this culture is. And so I feel like there is a pressure also. Like a lot of expectation. Yeah. A lot of women are feeling that pressure of like, oh, my God, I'm at this five star restaurant. This man pulled up in a limousine. This nigga to bought me a bag like. Okay, let me go ahead and give you some and like literally get pressured into doing that. So I feel like a safeguard is like. I got it, because I'm interviewing you just like you're interviewing me. Yeah. That's a great perspective. That's a good um, perspective. For sure. <laughs> but I'm not having sex with you if I don't want to have sex with you. So you're not hard. There, there's, like, so much between, like, the restaurant yeah, and the, the house. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to feel ever... I'm not feeling pressure. I don't care I don't care what you didn't did. Yeah, I ain't absolutely. obligated to give you anything. Right. So I don't feel pressure in that way. And I think a lot of times having a conversation before you get to the date will reveal mm. a lot of that. Yeah. Because you know men who are mentioning sex. You're trying to talk freaky, and we ain't even... You don't even know me. my last name, no. and you're yeah. trying to mention sex. So I think you can get those vibes. Yeah. And I'm not going on 
on a date with you yeah. if because I don't want a free dinner. Yeah, it's, no. yeah, it's so many like now. I think you make a good point though, TK. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that falls on the character of the dude you went on a date. That it's like, did you interview him before the date? Mm -hmm. Did y'all talk at all? But you said something very important. I think y'all can't let that slide. Y'all probably got to do a whole podcast about that. I think dating. I see dating the way you do. Mm -hmm. It's like interviewing. I think dating is the process of determining if somebody's a good life partner. Yeah. You gotta have some kind of destination. If, yeah. if there's no destination, there's no assessment, then what are we really doing? Oh, we've been yeah. dating for 20 years. With no intention. With no ring. Yeah. Like, yo, you crazy. That's real life. Okay. I feel like I'm just different in that aspect, period. Cause I also believe in women paying for, like, even women um, approaching men. Like, a lot of women have even the concept of, like, He's gonna come to my doorstep. Girl, you better get in these streets, get get to the events, and go up to him and say, "Hey, would you like though. to go have some advertising, some coffee? not selling?" Yeah, ain't yes, yeah. So I don't know. I'm you know because I, I think I I think my husband will say that I who hollered at who did Namdi holler at you? Or you hollered um, at him. I'm asking Namdi that question, and since he's not here, let me represent him, okay? Because TK uh, definitely hollered at him. I definitely positioned myself so, to be advertising to, to let <laughs> advertising to let it be known, like yeah, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested. It's a thing, and I was. Man, I was the nigga in the relationship. It's I'm balling right. out. Here's yo, some right. new shirts. Here's some shoes. I mean, she was under that dude blanket. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm here. Oh, for sure. Come on, for right? Sure Ruth slipped in under the you blanket. Like, yo, throw this corner. <laughs> throw this joint over me, right? Like, she slipped it right under the sheets. She like, did. yo, I'm here. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's so right. that's, but that's me, though. That's all right. I, I'm that's not, a whole other episode. That's I, it, it really is. That's because I think episode. that's I think that's what's keeping a lot of women singles. Like, y'all be afraid to talk to men. And y'all be afraid to, like, slide in DMs. I slid in my man's DM. I got his number. Oh, you were serious. I, I mean, it wasn't even just serious. It was just like, you better see what's up quickly. Yo, really quickly, I think we see both in the scriptures, right? We see hmm. women who was ran up on, but Ruth went underneath that dude's sheet. Was like, yo, I mean... I'm here. <laughs> like, I mean, you got don't sanitize the scriptures, right? She slipped in under his sheets. Yo, throw that joint over me. I'm yeah. right here at your feet. So That's she it. slipped in on him. Period. But then we have other dudes who ran up on their wives. And yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think it's both. I think it's hard for women to even like bring that to their... Being, because it's like, you are supposed to pursue me. But I don't even think it's a pursuit. I think it's a position. It's a position. It's making yourself available. Yes. Yes. Myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a whole other episode. It really is. Yeah. Okay, so the next one. They have been together for years. They yes. live together. Yeah. Years. Yes. Plural. Yes. And this Negro ain't proposed yet. That's a no-brainer. Get yeah, out I of think there. we're definitely all yeah, in agreement on that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like you and are, you are enabling him. And mm -hmm. that you are not giving him no incentive to put a ring on that. I think you got to get out of there. I wouldn't want my daughter in that circumstance. Facts. Well, is, there, is there a reasonable timeline? Like if your daughter was asking you. If my daughter was dating a dude, I think anything beyond two years, three years, I think for me is problematic. I think if you've been dating for seven, eight years, like he has no intentions of taking this any. You enabling him at this point. Yeah. What are, what are we doing here? And what's what the point of marrying? Yeah, yeah, what are we doing? Y'all getting everything. Yeah, what are we doing? Okay, last one. Um, Last so, one? Man, I've been enjoying this. Aw, yeah. <laughs> we're not done yet. Don't worry. We're not done this yet. This is a big one. This is a big this one. This is actually from the girls. Oh, this so, is for the girls. Yes, Go ahead. Okay. Because I asked my followers what they want me to ask you. And so a lot of women in these streets are feeling like they're way more spiritually mature than their men. So they're getting a little, little scared about that. And they're wondering if they should continue in this relationship with a man that might be a little baby in, in his beliefs and, yeah. and, you know. I say have fun. Really? Yeah. The only reason I say that, I think, okay, I think from anecdotal data, I think women are just more mature than men. Spiritually, mm -hmm. men are naturally carnal. 
Okay, if mm. they say otherwise, they're lying. Okay, and I think you can be with a man that's spiritually mature and see him grow and encourage his growth. I think there is potential in men that way. So I would just say you could have some fun, but it's based on do you see motion? Is he trending in the right yeah. direction? Yeah. If he's not trending in the right direction, I think you've got a problem. Yeah. I'm going to say run. <laughs> um, <laughs> no grace. <laughs> ain't got no grace. Leave him right now. Leave immediately. No, no I, again, this is all perspective and experiences. Yeah. For the women that I have coached and every woman that I've really talked to, most of the time the men are, I'm talking about like, the women are teaching them about God, yeah. like leading them in the Bible, leading. And I think this is what gets back into the whole like gender roles and positions and where God designed us. Cause it's like, as you said, women are more mature and it's like, so if we're so much more mature, we're typically better at more things. It's giving, what, is it giving? what are y'all doing? But I've seen both. So you know what I do. Right? Yeah. And I've counseled people. I've seen women be with dudes who are spiritually mature who now are leading ministries and pastoring churches. And I see women get with dudes who are spiritually mature who are now suffering, mm. headed for divorce. So I've seen both. Yeah. I think it's all about motion. If somebody's trending in the right direction, I think it could work. Mm. If you see they're not trending in the right direction, I think it's problematic. Yeah, I'm like, how long it takes? And I'm the baby. And I'm a, I'm a spiritual... <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm growing and learning and evolving constantly and... Thankfully, my husband, we're on the same yeah. page. We're, mm -hmm. we're our path, you know, we're going in the same direction. But I don't think that that would necessarily be a reason to give up on someone. Mm. Um, considering how they are, are they open to it or are they like, no, you, you, I'm an atheist. You know, like I right. think there's a conversation. It's like, yeah. teach me something. Maybe I just don't know. Yeah, I think I think of scenarios like a woman that has been abstaining. She's really taking her walk with the Lord seriously. She hasn't had sex. She ain't watching. Porn. Okay, now no, that's a little that's no, different. I, but we got to talk about the levels of spiritual maturity. Yeah. And this man is out here bad. He's most likely tempting you to have sex with him. Still at the club. See, still, that scenario, I say running. But he's scenario. but he he goes to church. He's trying. Yeah. He's just like getting rid. Y'all know like the beginning days of yeah. when we come to Christ like we're still struggling still kind of letting go of the pills and the drugs and all of that but you got this woman who was abstinent she held herself down and I got this kid almost that yeah. you know it's still kind of yeah but he loves the Lord so in those circumstances nine out of ten I haven't seen those work mm. as I said it can't work so I think if that's the case you might need to run yeah but I think um, if there's motion, if he's really trying, I think you could you could have a little bit of fun with that. Okay, yeah. so we need details. You yes, ready to definitely get yes. spicy? I am. So this is Wifey's favorite statement. Spicy. So today yeah. I decided to um go all the way in because I feel like I've been talking about emotional <laughs> with the pastor, y'all. She wants to go oh, in with the pastor. Let's keep it I feel like I have been talking about emotional things, routines, all of the stuff, but we we gotta dive into actual sex talk. So today we're gonna be talking about vulnerability mm -hmm. is the key to deeper intimacy. Come on. Balls, balls. Come on. You know I'll be wrong. So you know what's good. <laughs> so balls. a few weeks ago, I quoted the prophetess Amber Rose. I know y'all probably gonna beat me up. But yes, I know she's wild. No, she's not a prophet. Y'all, it's a joke. But she said some bars about the reason why she is the best in bed is because she is not afraid of being ugly. And this is something that stood out to me because I feel like most women aren't their freakiest self, aren't all of these things because they're like, what is this boob doing? What is this stomach doing? What is that doing? So we want to grow in our comfortability with our husbands. And the 
fire thing about growing in our vulnerability with our husbands is you can be introduced to some kinks. Okay, kinks. Some things that you might have not known. You know, you was doing the same thing, and I was like, oh, wow, I actually like role play, or I actually like mm. fill in the blank. And so how can we get to the wildest freakiest mm. sex with our husband. So I came up with this little thing. I'm really excited. <laughs> Coriel, I want you to do this too. We're going to text each other this week. You ready? <laughs> Look, hey, hubby. So, I'll be telling him, do not watch. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Go ahead, TK. Sorry. So we have sex jar. I know. I love her so much during the segment. Sex jar, sex drawer, and sex team. Let's break it down. Yeah. So I want everybody, every lady that is watching right now, do yourself a favor. We're going to go to the thrift store. We're going to go to Target, Walmart, Amazon. They sell mason jars. We are going to get these jars, and then we're going to slide over. I don't know what Georgia's sex stores are called, but we're going to slide over to the sex store, and we are going to get some position cards. We're going to get these position cards, and we're going to put them in the sex jar. Mm. Now, here's the gag. Your husband is going to pull out the position card every other week. And he's going to choose what y'all do that is new. And the reason why I think this is so important, again, some of us are just not educated on positions. We think that there's three. And there's like 300. So we want to get <laughs> moving and vulnerable because, again, you never know the heights of intimacy that you can reach by trying new things. So we're going to get the sex drawer. Then we're going to get a sex drawer. Now, if you got kids... You might want to put a lock on it because this drawer is going to involve your lingerie. This is going to involve your toys, your edible lubricants, all of the things. We just want a drawer that is dedicated to sex. <laughs> Freaky, nasty sex, mask, ropes, handcuffs, all of the things. And again, throw your 12 a treasure chest. Come on, we're going to put all of it in there. And we are going to let, again, your husband pull out whatever he wants. And you're going to do that, whether that's the toy, the lubricant, the mask, the rope, the handcuffs, you name it. And lastly, this is some, this is for the ladies that get a little awkward when it comes to talking that talk. You need to know how to talk the talk, and that is sexteen. Getting comfortable with telling your partner exactly in detail how you enjoyed them the night before. We are breaking down in details. I love when you... X, Y, and Z. I cannot wait to experience that climax with you again. So I think that one thing that women do is we get a little awkward about it. So after we get done, it's like, oh, don't talk about how I gave you hair. I don't want to hear that. Girl, let that man tell you how you gave him sloppy toppy. And like, we gonna go into details about that. Let me know how I could do it again. And you never know, it can happen right there on the spot because he might get turned on just by talking about it. So you want to get comfortable with talking that talk. This is subjective to all couples though. That's my wifey. Keep it spicy. Sex jar, sex drawer, and sex team. Comment down good. below if you're going to do Girl. this. Piece. It's going to change your life. Habanero. Okay. Really spicy. Last wow. week I said do it in the mirror. You wasn't even tripping off of that. No, but this is this the drawer, the jar, my life. I, what, like what you're setting me up for is failure. I cannot wait to hear how this goes for you. <laughs> I'll text you and let you know. You will. Okay, so Pastor Philip, our last <laughs> segment is called Wifey for Lifey. Because yes. again... Yeah. We're trying to be wifey for lifey. Yeah. So advice to a young sister. Just me. Give me some advice. Because it's me. Yeah. me a woman in her first... You OG. Oh, first three. Compared to me. In your first three years of marriage. Yes. What's your advice to a woman in her first three years of marriage who wants to be wifey for lifey? Yes. Yeah. I think it, most marriages end in the first five years. So I think that's the time you really got to work on your marriage. Yeah. I think there's some things that are critically important for marriage to be successful, especially in the first five years. I think you got to work on agreement. 
I think you have to have strong communication and you gotta have some honesty. So I would say to a wife, a young woman watching this, um, how is your communication? How are you talking to your husband? Are you telling him your needs, your desires, your wants? Are you telling him where he needs to do better, where mm -hmm. he's hurting you, offending you? I think you gotta communicate. Um, are you are you trending towards agreement? Are y'all trying to find unity in some of the decisions that y'all are making? And are you doing your part to be the best wife you can be regardless of the kind of husband that he is. Mm. If you're just reactionary, I'm going to be a good wife only if he's a good husband. I think you're headed for trouble. I think you got to make a decision within yourself that mm. I'm going to be a good wife no matter what because your character. And I think that's one of the best ways to make sure you're doing good in the first couple of years of your marriage. Don't let it be reactionary. You do what's right because your character says it's right regardless of what that other person is doing. Whew. It's That's tough. <laughs> so, Pastor Philip, for the people here in ATL that want to come check you out, look in that camera right there and let them know how, the, how can they come sit with the realest pastor in the city? Come on. Mm -hmm. uh, PhilipAnthonyMitchell.com, uh, 2819 church.org. We gather in the city. Come check us out, pull up on us. I think you're going to enjoy what we're doing there. Yes. Y'all, was this bomb or was this bomb? We know it, it was, was bomb, bomb, but go ahead and leave us a five-star review just to confirm that you got something from this conversation. Don't just keep it to yourself. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share this episode with a friend. And if you are listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, make sure you leave your girls a five-star review. Yeah, do that for them. See you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Peace.